Welcome to the Who'da Thunk It podcast with Zeb episode 12. Uh, this episode is about intellectual property law, or that includes copyright, trademark, and patents. Now, this is something I learned in college. I know it's uh, it's something I never expected to be interested in, but I was. Um, my professor, Dr. Barnett, taught me all about uh, intellectual property law, and I was just fascinated by it. We're going to start off with trademarks here. A trademark is a word, phrase, symbol, and or design that identifies and distinguishes the source of the goods of one party from those of others. So some examples would be Caterpillar Construction, trademark named. Uh, Another good one, one of the most well-known names on the globe, Nike, um, the, the name of the company, their slogan, Just Do It, and their little swoop symbol. All three are trademarked. McDonald's, another good one, McDonald's, very well known. I'm loving it. Their catchphrase and their symbol, Golden Arches. Another one, and this Coco Chanel. That's a person's name, yes, but because it is used as a as a mark for a business, therefore it is trademarked. And because it's the name of a company. Trademarks do not have an expiration date um, like copyright and patents. They do have copy. They do have expiration dates, but trademarks can be live as long as they are in use. However, they can become dead marks. Um, one of the ways they can do that is through trademark or generic trademarks. Some examples of that would be the band aid. So, a band aid. We all know what a band aid is, right? Well, it's actually a trademark. It's actually the name of a product for a specific company. The actual name of the product itself would be Adhesive Bandage, but Johnson & Johnson trademarked the name Band-Aid. The reason why it's no longer a viable trademark is because it came so common use by the public. The public had the power to use the name so much that it's no longer, it's no longer trademarked. People call it a Band-Aid because it's a Band-Aid. The bubble wrap. Believe it or not, bubble wrap. It should be called Inflated Cushioning. That's the name of the actual um product there but it's trademarked by seal a company called sealer air they trademark bubble wrap but like that's another generic one another one is elevator everyone thought could you think of any other name for an elevator well it's actually a trademark by the otis elevator company this is they're the ones who had the best product for it so taking a trademark that is so synonymous with the product itself is actually can be detrimental uh, another one that's coming up right now, it still is trademark for sure. But when people say about Googling it, you know, looking something up online, people say, I'll just Google it. That is slowly encroaching into being generic trademark. Some other examples, aspirin, that's trademarked by Bayer. Um, and it still is, it holds trademark in about 80 countries, including Canada and, and most of Europe, but the US, it has become generic. Dry ice and trampoline, even the dumpster. Dumpster was named. They're they're the Dempster brothers, but they uh, they they try to put the word dump into their name and call it a product. Well, it's been generic. It's uh, no longer a live trademark anymore. Trademarks can also be song lyrics or mascots. So, for example, Bob Seger's uh, he trademarked "Like a Rock" for his song, and then Chevy for their Chevy trucks. They used "Like a Rock" in their commercials, and they actually had to pay Seger royalties for that. So. Thought that was interesting. And then for the mascot, the Geico Gecko is also trademarked as Geico's mascot. The good news is that you don't really have to register your trademark. 
for it to hold up in court. Um, through common law or common sense law, if you want to think of it that way, you have a right to claim your mark as a representation of the business without ever having to register it. But some people do register it with the National Registry. It helps with certain things. Um, now, next, moving on to patents. Now, a patent is a limited duration property. So this one does definitely have a expiration date on it. And it's granted by the United States Patent and Trademark Office in exchange for public disclosure of the invention. <clears throat> Examples. Now, there are over 500 barbed wire patents, believe it or not. Kind of amazing. Barbed wire became started to become quite popular there for a while. So people just started buying a patent or making patents for it. In general, here's the rules for a patent. It has it can't be a natural object or process. So you can't patent a banana. Sorry, it's a natural. It has to be new. You can't patent something that already exists. You can't patent the wheel. Sorry, that already exists. It has to be useful. You you can take a bunch of twigs, throw them on the ground, and it is original. Just by probability, no twigs have probably ever fallen that same exact way, but it's not useful. You can't patent that. And it has to, it can't be obvious. <laughs> like it, once again, the wheel. Now, do some of those guidelines sound a bit subjective? That's because they are, which means the it's a hot debate in patent law what can and cannot be patented. If that wasn't enough, patents have been stretched a bit thin with the development of new technologies. Where patents used to be, for tangible uh, inventions such as car engines, heating coils, the quadcopter drone and zippers, all tangible things. Now, thanks to technology, patents have to sort of cover like uh, coding algorithms, gene editing uh, techniques such as CRISPR, global positioning systems or GPS, and virtual reality, and even some business practices. Now moving on to copyright. That's the big cojones. That's the big one right there. It protects original works of authorship, including literary, dramatic, musical, and artistic works such as poetry, novels, movies, songs, computer software, and architecture. Some examples of that would be Mickey Mouse, Harry Potter, the Avengers movies, all copyrighted stuff. If an individual creates a work... Their copyright lasts as long as the individual's life plus 70 years. So in 2020, any individual, any individual artist or author who passed away by 1950, their work is now in the public domain. It's free to use by any of us. It's not owned by any individual. It's owned by the public as a whole. Works done anonymously or for hire, protection has lasts about 95 years from the date of the publication or 120 years from the date of of creation, whichever is shorter. So how copyright comes into what we're, what life is right now, 2019 was a big deal for copyright law, and here's why. While I was in undergrad, my professor, Dr. Barnett, uh, shout out to Dr. Barnett and his, uh, his book we'll talk about later, he taught us about intellectual property law. He talked about how corporations kept dipping into copyright law to make more money off the works of earlier generations. At the time, it was about two, 2014 or 2015, so all Dr. Barnett could say was, we'll just have to wait and see what happens in 2019. Well, now we know. New Year's 2019 was the first time since 1998 that new copyright copywritten works entered the public domain. Timothy B. Lee from ARS Technica writes, 
This is a quote. In 1998, works published in 1922 or earlier were in the public domain, with 1923 works scheduled to expire in the beginning of 1999. But then Congress passed the Sonny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act, quite a name. It added 20 years to the terms of older works, keeping 1923 works locked up until 2019. Everyone in the copyright law community was expecting the usual players to push for yet another precedent-setting extension in 2018, but the pickle dropped in January 1st, 2019 without a hitch. You see, in 1998, there was little opposition to copyright extension laws being passed. No one was fighting on the side of the public domain. So even though their argument to Congress was basically, if you don't extend our copyright protection, we're not going to make as much money off of this stuff. It was the only argument being given, therefore it won. Why didn't they push for the another extension? Did those organizations get tired of making so much money off their mega characters from the past? Very unlikely. What's more likely is the public woke up a bit, thanks to the internet bringing people together all around the globe, or all around the country rather, by 2019, the public domain finally had someone in its corner. The big corporations knew they couldn't win the fight in court this time. So now, it seems every New Year's, more and more content will be, fed, will be freed up to the public. F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby will be public domain in 2021. Ernest Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises will be freed up in January 2022. The copyrights to Superman Batman, Disney, Snow White, and even some early Looney Tunes characters will all fall into the public domain between 2031 and 2035. In the near future, all these works will belong to all of us. No single entity can say that it belongs to them. To me, that is a thing of beauty. Corporations and families that benefit from the works of their grandparents' generation have been pushing for extensions for copyright protection since the notion of copyright started. I'll admit I'm a bit biased on this subject. I definitely lean towards the public domain side of this argument, but in many, in my opinion, it is just greed that drives various organizations to keep up with these extensions. One of the biggest players is Disney, and their Steamboat Willie copyright protection ends 2024. Now, you may not have heard of Steamboat Willie if you haven't, but you almost certainly have heard of Mickey Mouse. Steamboat Willie was the first version of Mickey Mouse, and that only the first version is freed up in 2024. However, that only includes the Steamboat Willie and not all modern versions of Mickey. Thanks to all their money and legal power, Disney has been able to hold on to the more iconic versions of Mickey. So in 2024, you can make a Steamboat Willie toy if you'd like, but you better not put white gloves on him or you may get sued by Disney. How copyright law works is that as soon as the work has been created, it is protected under copyright. You don't need to register the art, music, play, etc. with any authority. If you made it, you own the copyright as soon as it's on, it, it, it comes into, into existence. The legal terminology is as soon as the work is brought into existence and is fixed to a tangible medium of expression, it is protected. So you can't say, I had that idea first. I told... I told a guy at the bar the other day, and he stole my idea. Well, um, you can't expect that to be protected because it's just an idea. It's not on a tangible medium. You have to write it down or draw it somehow. The author of the work initially owns the copyright. However, ownership 
of the right may be transferred to others. And that is what I'm going to do here. I'm making this Who to Thunk It with Zeb podcast episode and the 11 episodes before it part of the public domain. I'm declaring it now. Now, usually there would be some legal jargon, moreover, heretoforth and such. But since this is a podcast and it's 100% free, I figured just casually declaring it public domain would suffice. And it is free. There's no advertisements. I don't ask for your money. You can get it if you want, but I don't ask for it. And I just want to let you know, this is all public domain uh, from episode one to episode 12. So some of the credit I want to give for this is uh, Disney, their Steamboat Willie character. The United States Patent and Trademark Office, they had a lot of helpful information determining what's the difference between the three. ARS Technica, Mickey Mouse will be public domain soon. Here's what that means. Um, That was a pretty good article that I got a lot of good information from. Wikipedia had a good list of generic trademarks, the Band-Aids and the bubble wrap. And my personal favorite, Dr. Barnett from Slip Rock University. Um, If you want to learn more about Dr. Barnett, he actually has a published book, Untangling the Web of Hate. P.S. Dr. Barnett's book is not in the public domain, (laughs) but I suggest you buy it. It's a pretty good read. And thanks for listening. Tune in next week to the Who to Thunk It with Zeb podcast. (laughs) 